0: Oh hey, thanks so much for joining me on the Cocked Podcast. I'm your host, Geary. In case you're new to the show, I'm the editor and BlackBerry technician here at Fortner.com. Oh, what's that you said? 2007 is calling and it wants its phone back? Ha. Ha. You may have seen me as DM on Quest for the Cure or Icehole's Rhyme of the Frostmaiden, as Cicero on Cyberpunk Independence, as Doc on Scribes and Scrolls, or sailing on the SS Failboat over at Talon and Claw. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to the show or follow us on social media at fortnerd.com. That's at fortnerd, D-O-T-C-O-M. Or both. Both works for me, but whatever works for you is fine. Anyways, there's a bunch I want to talk about, so let's get into it first. First. Most exciting news. Today is the day. Today is the release day for Van Richten's Guide, and you can expect a thorough exploration of the book coming up soon. First impressions, though. The new lineages included in the book, Hexblood, Dampier, and Reborn, are significantly tightened up from their unearthed arcana, versions. The improvements are small but meaningful. For example, each lineage gains two additional skill proficiencies at creation, or upon lineage assumption, which is a nice touch. It allows you to change your character slightly to match your new form. The Domains of Dread, particularly the larger ones like Barovia, have enough detail to feed your imagination, but not so much that you feel like you're tripping over yourself, getting through the lore, trying to create your own stories in that world. They've also taken their commitment to sensitivity to a new level, and I'm all in. They've done away with madness, which has long been a trope of the gothic horror TTRPG genre. It's been replaced by stress and fear. There's a lot of great in this book, and I can't wait to talk to you about it in more detail. Rivals of Waterdeep premiered last Sunday, and the first episode was full of engaging chaos. The show continues this Sunday at 1pm Eastern Time, 10pm Pacific Time. Masood Hake is the DM and is leading the Rivals to their 100th episode, so I hope you tune in for that. Last night, I was very nerve sighted for the premiere of Scribes and Scrolls, The Key Mysteries, on Mini-Terrain Domain. We got our opportunity to first meet Doc, Tira, Mizya, Assyria, and Vorn and what a lovely bunch they're going to turn out to be. The game is led by the incredibly talented MTD Jake, and you could tell that even in this very first episode, he has some very long-term, emotionally heavy plans for these characters. I was proud to play Doc in this debut, and I can't wait to give all of you a flower next Monday night at 8pm over on MTD. Now, tomorrow is May 19th, and Into the Motherland's Kickstarter launches. I hope to have a special guest on to talk about the Kickstarter campaign in a few weeks, but here's what we know so far. It launches tomorrow at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Central. We know it's going to represent the RPG game itself, the book, the classes, the lore, but we don't know too much more than that, so I look forward to exploring this Kickstarter campaign in more depth and talking about it more over the next weeks. Now, as you know, I'm a passionate advocate for Duchenne muscular dystrophy research through Jesse's journey. And I run Quest for the Cure, which is a D&D actual play series raising money for that cause. And I'm happy to tell you it's not too late to earn a spot in our upcoming game happening on May 29th. Because donations to join us with a gu- as a guest are now open once again. For every $25 you donate to the cause between now and May 26th, you earn a chance to join us for our May 29th episode. If you donate 100 bucks, that's four chances. Four chances to play with Ed Greenwood, the creator of The Forgotten Realms, DDAL Community Manager Amy Lindazura, Dr. Mordek, Grizzle, and uh, me, I guess, if that works for you. Go for it. It's for a great cause, and we've had amazing fun with our guests, Curtis and Phillips, so far. I hope you'll consider donating for a chance to win, and good luck. I hope you roll with advantage. My guest this week is the incredible Goblin Katie. You know her from D4, a show that's broadcast on both d Twitch and on their local channel, Rock Punch ATL, and for participating in a voluminous amount of charity streams. Her laughter is infectious, since so she's just a primo human being. She streams video games on her own Twitch channel, Goblin Katie, and has a few things in the works that sound rather intriguing. I really hope you enjoy my conversation with Goblin Katie. Hey Katie, thanks so much for joining me. I really appreciate it.
1: Oh, thank you for asking me to be here. I'm super excited.
0: So I always like to ask, now I don't know if you've heard my show, but I'm always curious about people's... Tabletop origin stories, how they got involved with tabletop role playing games and Dungeons and Dragons in particular. So, w- could you tell me a little bit about what your first experience with Dungeons and Dragons was? Sure.
1: Uh, I actually had lunch today with the person who got me into Dungeons and Dragons. Wow. So, um, they and the person who got them into Dungeons and Dragons. We get together every so often. Um, the the individual's name was Jonathan, and it was I'm I'm that stereotype. I am the uh, girlfriend who got brought into it, <laughs> came in playing a healer. Yeah, and um, absolutely, I, I, I feel terrible because I teased him about it, and he finally talked me into coming and trying a game, and I tried it and fell in love. I was a big theater nerd. Yeah, and it was yeah. just this logical evolution <laughs> of my nerddom. <laughs>
0: Do you have any memories of your very first game? Like, is there anything that really strikes a chord in you that said, "Yep, this is me, and this is what I want to do"?
1: Um, the the memory that strikes in me is actually uh, it was from a homebrew game that the same individual ran. Um, he came up with his own system and everything, and um, I critically failed while casting a fireball. Okay. And the way it worked um if you rolled a 1 or a 20, you kept rolling to see and if if it became successively better or worse. Right. And um I I ended up rolling a couple 20s, I crit a couple times and blew our party up. <laughs> And at that point, I fell in love with tabletop role playing games because something that random and wild, and, and I, I kind of staggered. And in character, I said, you know, she staggers and kind of brushes herself off. And we were facing off against the big evil for the campaign. And I was like, see, we're so tough, we can blow ourselves up before we take you on. And <laughs> it, was, it was ridiculous. And I, that, was, that was actually the moment I fell in love with it.
0: She was just like, uh, we wanted to make this a fair fight. So we softened ourselves up for you.
1: Right, exactly.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So obviously um, you're extremely active in the tabletop role-playing game space now. But do I have it correct that D4 was really your introduction to streaming?
1: It was, yes. Um, I got a phone call in October of... 2018 mm-hmm. from dustin fletcher who's one of the co-dms for d4 yeah. and i knew him through larping we had played a larp together so he called me and said um we're going to be doing this dungeons and dragons stream would you be interested and i had no clue what streaming was at this point yeah. um, I, I hadn't really been into the online gaming community at all so it was all greek to me and i said uh oh i'd love to play dungeons and dragons sure because I had been out of it for years and years because yeah. uh, I'd gotten into LARPing and that was kind of scratching that itch. So D4 was my reintroduction to Dungeons and Dragons after probably a 15 year hiatus.
0: Mm. Now, okay, so it's the show is phenomenally successful. It's broadcast simultaneously on the D&D Twitch channel as well as your own. When yeah. you were first asked to join on that first phone call, and he says to you, I'd love to stream some D&D. Like, what did you think that that was gonna look like over time? And did you have any sense of the impact that it was gonna have on the future of your life?
1: Um, I had absolutely no clue how impactful it was going to be. Um, I I genuinely just thought, oh, playing D&D, that'd be fun. Um, And I figured the streaming, uh that that'll be neat they'll probably have like a webcam set up or something and and we'll just you know be doing a little casual thing like that (laughs) and the first game i showed up to where we were actually playing to stream Mm -hmm. they've got cameras and lights and sound equipment and i was just like holy cow this is a whole big thing oh okay okay, we had a craft services table. I mean, it, <laughs> really? was, it was nuts. And I was so excited. And it has, um, I, I miss recording together because yeah. since the pandemic, we've been doing webcams and, and streaming through uh, Zoom like most other people.
0: Yeah.
1: But um, I, I miss being able to get together because it's, it's such a different energy when you're playing in person. And that's what our game is intended to be. It's intended mm-hmm. to be played in person. Um, I, I feel like the, the impact it's had on my life just absolutely astounds me though. Um, I've met such incredible people. I've met some of my best friends, uh, thanks to joining the online community. Once we started streaming, I got into the the Twitter community for tabletop RPGs and I've met just the most amazing friends, um. I I couldn't be more grateful to Dustin for bringing me into this.
0: Well, and that's the thing that I found since I joined a couple of years ago is the, the community is so supportive and generous and we're really lucky in the tabletop, not even just in the, in the RPG space, but in the tabletop gaming space in general, that everybody is just so wonderful. And of course, in any community there's bad apples, but I think we're lucky in that they seem to be a lot rarer than in other hobbies. like hardcore video gaming and mmos really
1: absolutely and i think i think a large part of that comes from um we're used to being the ones who were picked on or viewed as outsiders and so our our natural instinct is to collect together and to support Mm -hmm. each other and i i have it's just so beautiful how supportive the community is like you said um you see people on, on Twitter, for instance, posting, Hey, just remember you're an awesome person and I hope you have a wonderful day. Yeah. And some days you really need that. It may not be specifically addressed to you, but just that little show of support really lifts you up when you need it. And that's common in this community. And I love that. Yeah. They, and it's not,
0: it's not performative either. It's the Mm -mm. folks really care really yeah. care about the community and
1: want to everybody to feel welcome and included. It's it's very genuine yeah. and it's it's a beautiful thing. It really is beautiful. So segueing
0: somewhat naturally into my next question, D4 went online of course due to COVID. Mm-hmm. What are you most looking forward to when you get back to a physical table and you see 3D versions of yourself rolling dice instead of uh 2D screen?
1: Um I'm going to be this is this sounds really weird. I'm going to look forward to not being able to see myself. (laughs) Um right. Because I get I'll I'll get so Mm self-conscious because I can see myself on the screen. And I I tried just minimizing Zoom, but I can't do that because I need to see everybody else. Yeah. Because I need to see if somebody's about to say something. Mm -hmm. And so it doesn't work. If you're physically there, you can also pick up on the energy of everybody around you. And that makes role-playing so much more um, intense and, and it's easier to get to those, those real deep uh, pivotal emotions during, during heavy or really lighthearted scenes. Mm -hmm. No, for sure. And, you know, it's obviously
0: not, not just you, I do the same (laughs) thing. Um, And I'll be, I'll be, I'll be glad to get back to a table, to be honest with you. Um, And there's, it's hard to say that there's positives that have come out of the pandemic, but um, you know, I met so many amazing people in this community that I may not
1: have met. Yeah. Gaming hadn't gone online.
0: So um, sorry, go ahead.
1: Oh, I was just gonna say my, my Saturday morning game that I play in um, we recently uh, actually last week, addressed if we wanted to continue playing now that people are getting vaccinated and restrictions are being lifted Mm -hmm. and we were like you know people who have kids may have activities starting up on saturdays again and do we do we want to continue this or do we want to end because we're coming up on the end of Curse of Strahd, which is what we've been playing Mm -hmm. um we've played it as a slapstick comedy which is (laughs) so (laughs) us but um as you do as you do as one does it's it's material is made for that treatment <laughs> yeah um but we we had the discussion of with everything going back to the way it was to an extent before all the covid happened um how do we want to handle this and we decided that we're we're definitely sticking together and we're going to keep playing and that those friendships that i made um through that game i think really helped me get through the changes in our world um because i had i had that game in d4 to look forward to every week and that gave me stuff to get me through because um i was an essential worker um construction is considered essential Mm -hmm. so i never stopped working the whole time and the first couple months were were nerve-wracking Um, it was scary being out and hearing all this news about what's going on and we didn't know anything at that point we had no vaccine in the future and so it was it was scary and those two games on the weekends gave me something to look forward to to get to and and to find that that center and and laugh and just let go and relax right yeah for me it was jasper's
0: game week last year i um Bought a seat at Amy Lynn table, a mm-hmm. friend of mine and I did. And Anthony from Talent and Claw was in that game. And he sort of messaged me after. He's like, hey, I know you're starting a podcast. And why don't I would love to join you and, and talk about my company? I said, great. Little did I know that a year later, we'd stream together every single week, uh, yeah. six times a month. And I would talk to the guy every single day. Mm-hmm. And Anthony is a wonderful person. Absolutely he, wonderful human being. He's just such a kind and generous guy and the more you spend time with him the more you want to spend time with him because he's just so he's just such a such a cool person
1: yeah I love people
0: like that yeah I love that and so I I have great I have so much thanks for for that experience and you know I met Amy and and all that stuff so but so d4 yes because I really want to ask you about this d4 is unique because you have two dms Yes, as far as I know, it's the only game that does at least streaming-wise has two DMs. How does it differ from your previous experience D How did the, uh, playing D and D? How did that two dungeon master system sort of start? If you know, and why does it work so well? Why has the show really resonated with so much so many people?
1: Dustin and Devin, um, our DMs are Dustin Fletcher and Devin Henderson, and they are amazing um they worked together at larps they ran mm-hmm. a larp together mm-hmm. and found that they they paired up and worked together so well that they had this idea of doing wanting to do it in in a different setting where they could kind of build on it more and um they came up with the idea of d4 mm-hmm. it's the the premise is d4 is dustin and devon dungeons and dragons <laughs> Got it, um right. So that's where that came from. And then every week we do our show title is 4D Words. So we, we have this whole theme and motif. Yep. Yep. But um, it's amazing playing with them because they have just this, this astounding ability to seamlessly telepathically, I think, communicate. (laughs) Yeah. Um, We always get nervous when they, they'll reach up and mute the mic so they can talk about something and it takes them like five to ten seconds but they'll they'll confer and we're always like oh god they're actually talking (laughs) something's (laughs) happening here and um it's it's amazing to watch the way they play off each other one will handle um Devin does a lot of the writing of descriptions for for scenes and things like that and Mm -hmm. Dustin is the boss at improvising on his feet like both of them are very good, but that's, I think each of their personal strengths yeah. and they blend it together. Um, to my knowledge, I don't think there's anybody else doing the double DMs. I know no. that there was at one point, another game. Um, unfortunately I don't remember the name of it, or i give them a shout out, but, um, they, they work together so beautifully. And it's, it's wonderful because one of them, if, when we're playing live, Um, While one of them, while Dustin maybe, is interacting as an NPC, I can get Devin's eye and, you know, signal to him that I'd like to roll insight or something like that. And it doesn't interrupt the flow of the scene. Um, They just, they do such a good job of playing off each other and receiving our input as, as players, as our characters, and working that in. Uh, together as a singular unit it's it's just astounding to watch them
0: it's definitely a skill to be able to work so seamlessly in an adaptive environment like Dungeons and Dragons and of course they uh, and you participated in Talon and Claw TwitchCon for Jesse's for Jasper's game day I should say and it was incredible to watch them to watch them work together because I hadn't seen I hadn't seen the show and it's was really impressive yeah so I wanted to talk to you a little bit about your contributions to the community through charity because you've done so much to help so many different charities. You've contributed to Jaspers, you've contributed to others. Mm -hmm. Why is it so important to you to be so actively involved in these types of charitable endeavors? Because you're, as I said, you, you
1: actually do it quite a lot. I do. Um, It's, it blows my mind that I'm able to play a game and improve the world through it. And I think that is such, such a blessing and such a privilege. And it's one that I, I genuinely believe should not be taken for granted. Um, the ability to pretend to be someone else, play a character and raise money for something like Jasper's Gain Day, which is a charity that benefits the American Institute of Suicidology. Mm -hmm. Um, They raise awareness and funding for suicide prevention. Um, I've I've worked with Jaspers. I recently did a fundraiser for Take This, which is um, a organization that is promoting the tools and resources for mental health awareness and success in dealing with mental health struggles within the gaming community, specifically, um, both those organizations are just absolutely amazing, and yeah. they're they're both excelling right now. And it's so exciting to see their success. I think that when you when you have a, a platform, even if it's whether it's five people or five hundred, um, it's good. If you can find a way to use that platform to make the world a better place, yeah. And my my fundraising efforts or playing in charity games. Um, I also do uh, a fundraiser in October, and the the name makes me giggle. Some people cringe, but uh, <laughs> it's called Critical Tits, and it raises money for breast cancer prevention. Yeah. Um and we did our first year this past year and it was a success as far as i'm concerned and i'm looking forward to doing it again this year
0: well now you've given me as I, i'm a cancer survivor myself so now you've given me the inspiration i'm going to i'm going to call uh something do something over the holidays i'm going to call it critical ball the, yes the, the critical ball <laughs> yes <laughs> Um, the thing that, the thing that really resonated with me as you're talking is like, I I, I'm very much of the same mindset. And of course, you know, here on, on Fort nerd, we're doing quest for the cure and we're raising money for Duchenne muscular dystrophy through Jesse's journey. And it's like, do good if you can. Yeah. I mean, if you can't, people will understand, but if you have the power to make a difference, I think you should.
1: Yeah. And one of the, one of the things that, um, I, I would love to convey to people because um, a lot of people feel guilty that they can't financially contribute. Yep. You don't have to financially contribute. Um, usually you can ask, hey, do you need players or DMs? Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of times the, the organization will be like, oh yeah, that'd be great. Or just forward around links for them yep. when they say, hey, we've got a game at 7 p.m. For, retweet that forward that information to more people because the more people it reaches the more people it could potentially reach to donate so yeah. it's
0: such a, it's such a good point because even being supported in the chat while yeah. the game is going on inspires the players to to help them continue to play this game for charity i know there's lots of people in our community who don't have the financial resources to donate but, mm-hmm. but they show up to every stream they retweet it regardless yeah. of the size of their following. And yeah. I think that's a really a really good point.
1: yeah yeah and being like like you said being there yeah. um, it is it's not about numbers, but there's a certain um, confidence that comes when you see you've got people there, you've got people supporting you. Yeah. And it makes you feel like, okay, I'm not doing this into a void. Yeah. So if it's, if, if all you can do is watch, watch, hang out and chat, talk to the folks or don't, it's up to you, but your presence there makes a difference. It really does.
0: Yeah. I wanted to, to chat one, add one little thing about Jaspers because I think you did a really good summation about what Jaspers is and, and why it's important. Mm-hmm. I think one of the things that they've been doing is, reducing the stigma around talking about mental health because I think in the last decade or so the idea that mental health was somehow a disorder as opposed to a health issue is really becoming a fact for a lot of people because before Mm -hmm. you know when my dad was around he was this old European guy he's like ah you're depressed on the job site just sort of suck it up right but that idea is it's losing fashion because as more people yeah. are understanding how fundamental mental health is to a person's health, mm-hmm. um, it's sort of where we're going. And and Jasper's is a really good good has a really good way about reducing the stigma around that. So yeah, so, yeah. Um, why do you think, in general, that Dungeons and Dragons has become such an effective vehicle for charitable fundraising, especially over the last year or two?
1: Um, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that the community has so much heart. Mm. The, the people in the gaming community, um, specifically tabletop role-playing games, um, there's a, there's a huge sense of community. There's a huge sense of banding together. And I think a lot of the uh, support comes from the 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 feelings we have for our community as a whole. And we recognize that these these charitable causes represent individuals within our community. And because it's such a supportive and such a nurturing environment, um, it has become uh, a way for people to find access to donate to these causes that they believe in um, especially I I forgot to mention earlier, extra life. Of course. Yep. Um, that's, that's a huge one. We do that D4 participates in extra life every year and, and we've raised a lot of money for extra life. It it blows my mind every time I, I look at our yearly totals because, um, the generosity in this community is astounding. It is, it's like nothing I've ever seen. Um, and I think, like I said, I think a lot of that comes from recognizing that these causes represent a lot of the people in this community. Yeah. We, Our friends, our families are are representative of these causes. And so it, it because a lot of people in our community tend to um, have the, the understanding, either the financial means or the understanding that you don't have to financially support to support. Mm-hmm. Um, it it resonates and carries further within our community. And that brings more people to the potential table for making contributions. Yeah.
0: yeah. It's uh, the thing that was going through my mind is, you know, we're all, all our, the TTRPG community is like a party and you never split the party. So everybody's got to show up and do their part, right?
1: Oh, that's good. Oh, I love that. Yes. Yes.
0: So, okay. You, talk, you participated in a game that was DM'd by the, uh, Jasper's Game Day founder Fenway Jones during yes. the Talon and Claw TwitchCon. And yes. of course, uh, you had a chance to play with my girlfriend, Allie, who, yes. whose butt became an NPC yes. literally during the game. Is that the most off the rails a D&D game you've ever played in has gone or do you have stories?
1: Oh, let's see. I've I, I've got stories. Um, oh boy, we've we actually twice on D four we've had discussions about um, bathrooms. Oh. Um, once about plumbing, we had like a ten minute discussion discussion about plumbing because <laughs> half of the party had never had indoor plumbing. Right, and so we were trying to understand it, and it just tangented off. Um, until finally one of, the, one of the city dwellers was like, uh, Seisha, it's, it's underground water magic. <laughs> because she my character just couldn't grasp, well, how does it work? But how does the water go up? And, um, and they didn't have the knowledge to really explain. So exactly. we just, we settled with it's underwater, it's city provided underground water magic. <laughs> um, and then another time we, uh, we just left the city on the show. And so this is the first time several members of the party have been in the no indoor plumbing, um, aspect of things. And so we had an entire discussion of, um, how does one take care of one's bodily functions in the woods? (laughs) And it, it just, it got weird. It got so, and the DMs are just Dustin and Devin are just kind of sitting there with like big wide eyes going, where is this going? (laughs) Um, We've had that happen. I've been in games where, um, donations could cause certain effects within the game. And, um, one of them was, was accents. Yes. And it was, we would do different accents for $15 and we had accents coming in just constantly. And so the entire group playing was switching accents like every five minutes. Yeah. And that was that was pretty crazy. But I think, as far as like moments that just made me blink and have to struggle to to maintain my composure, um, the power of of Allie's butt was was up there. Um, for those who didn't see it, we were in a desert cave, and there was a windstorm coming in. So we had a sandstorm blowing in and we all ran into the cave and she said that she kind of stuck her her uh, badunkadunk in the opening of the cave to prevent the sand from getting in and blasting us in the cave. And that just evolved from there. <laughs> and we decided that uh, her posterior was a wondrous magic item. Yeah. Yeah. Oh,
0: that was, it was, it was, it was delightful. She had It such was a good so time. good.
1: She was a hoot I had so much fun playing with her I want to play with her again she was just delightful
0: uh, absolutely we can definitely we can definitely make that happen because she had a ton of fun playing in that game too that would be awesome so now and this is personally exciting for me is that you are joining for the summer the cast of dawn bringers over at mini terrain domain who as everybody who watches my show know is a great friend of ours run by mini uh run by mtd jake and big bearded nerd dwight and D and jordan lee who's also one of your good friends mm-hmm. speaking about origin stories i'd love yeah. to know how this connection started how did you did you approach them did they approach you how did that sort of conversation get started mm-hmm. and who are you going to be playing i know this character was revealed recently so i'd love for yes. those who missed the episode for just a little hint of, of that character sure
1: sure um I am friends with um, V who is one of the Don bringers mm-hmm. um, and Ted and uh, um, <laughs> more than an acquaintance but I, I don't know if I can quite call him a friend with Dan okay um, and Jake Jeremy is the only one that that I had only kind of chatted with and didn't really know well. I, I had inact- interacted with him in chat um, and he was just he's just a lovely person yeah. But, um, so I knew all of them and, um, when, um, M yeah, believe, yeah. M, um, when they had to take some time off, uh, due to a real life, incredible real life opportunity, yeah. um, they lived the most awe-inspiring, amazing <laughs> life. I just have to say, but they had this wonderful opportunity come up and they were going to have to miss the summer. And I found out Jake, uh, talked to the group and, um, they started discussing potential people and um my name got brought up and so i was i i was fortunate enough to be the first person they asked and i was like oh yes yes <laughs> absolutely yes because Don bringers was the first stream that i watched with any regularity oh wow um so getting to to join them in game has is just amazing to me um I absolutely love the group, the, the way they play off each other, their dynamics. And the, uh, the character I'm playing, um, I, I kind of puzzled over two different characters and decided to go with the, the lighter one. Um, her name is Rolo and she is an Erd Kobold. Um, Erds are Kobolds with wings that can fly. And Rolo is a level 13 wizard who um, has a familiar that is a snowy owl bear? Right, uh, named Professor Alfred. Of course it is. Yep. Yes. <laughs> um, credit to, to uh, Dustin for that name, Dustin Fletcher. <laughs> Mad props to him. Yep. He is the king of the punny dad jokes. <laughs> uh, well, he gives Jake a run for his money. I don't know which of them is the more dad <laughs> joke, but um, and runner, runner is little. Very little for Cobalt. Very little. Is is one foot ten inches. It's tinsy tiny. But but loves the bigs. Loves the bigs. And she is she is just happy and cheerful and bright. And I, I'm so looking forward to getting to play her more. Um she was introduced in a combat. So we haven't gotten to really talk that much in game yet, um, but she got to see V do um, V's character Cantriel do some of the uh, unearthed arcana dragon abilities. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so she, and she recognizes that there's something in in Cantriel that is tied to the dragons. And so since she's a kobold and they're all about them dragons, um, she's already just, <laughs> you
0: best. I, I follow
1: you. You tell me what to do and I do. So it's it's gonna be a lot of fun getting to uh getting to play with that group. Yeah, and as I'm, I'm sure you know,
0: there's a lot of there's a lot of connections between Mini Terrain Domain and and Talon and Claw and Fort Nerd. So there are some things that are happening. So I'm really looking forward for everybody to sort of see what Jake and I are hatching hatching in the background. So oh, there's
1: schemes.
0: Yes, schemes are afoot. I tell you, schemes. <laughs> um, so you stream in your own Twitch channel too. You have the, the, your your morning brunch, as I recall, there was somebody somebody donated to your game just because you love brunch. Um and you know you play wow with uh with DD Jordan Lee. Mm-hmm. But what's what's next for you? Is there anything in the tabletop RPG space that you haven't done that you really want to do? Is there something that you're working on that you'd like to get off the ground? Sort of what is the what is the the next thing? What do you have? Um, any-
1: I, I, my next thing is I want to produce my own show. Okay. And that is currently in the works. Um, there are discussions going on with um, potential players. Cool. And we're figuring out uh, scheduling. Um, right now we're still in the very beginning phases, so I can't really go into yeah. a lot of detail on it, but um, the, the group that we're assembling is amazing. And if, if everything works out i think the game is going to be something truly wonderful um i i am elated with the folks that i have uh so far gotten positive reception from um i also have um another game that i'm i'm hoping to produce Mm As far as things I want to do that I want to play, I am always open to uh, uh, any charity experience or anything like that. Um, I love I love playing because I get to meet so many new people. So that's that's another thing I love about doing the charity games is I get to meet so many people through it. And right. that's that's kind of what I want to continue doing is meeting new people and um, uh, going down that road and seeing where it takes me. Well, I look forward to
0: seeing what you come up with and you can actually, <laughs> when you actually can talk about it, maybe maybe in a, a few months, once you're farther down the road and you have things yes. settled, you can come back and we can talk about it.
1: I'd love to, I'd absolutely love to.
0: I really appreciate you joining me, Katie. Thanks so
1: much. Thank you. This was, this was an absolute delight.
0: That's our show for this week. Thanks for listening. If you made it this far but haven't subscribed, do it. Or don't. I'm not your mother. It's always good having you join me and remember, if the die is cocked, it doesn't count. I look forward to chatting with you again next week.